1: LP hillsborough center of the known world. This is The Cage Side, your source for the fighting arts in the Carolinas and beyond. That was Tune in the Real Law with our awesome original music. Representing Durham, I'm Jeff Shaw, and today I'm powered by carrot juice and awesome Halloween memories from Motorco last night, where the Real Law served as monster of ceremonies and had, I must say, an epic Morpheus Urkel costume. With me, as always, Morpheus Urkel, uh, wow. with me, as always, is a man for whom every day is Halloween, Mr. Trevor Hayes.
2: That's how I live.
1: How are you doing today, Trevor?
2: Uh, I'm recovering from my escapades last night which I told myself I was not going to go out and then my good friend Brad from Cage Side was like no Get a beer and you're coming out. Next thing you know, the frat bro shark was out wandering. So. <laughs> the, the frat bro
1: shark costume yeah. never goes out of style. Thanks, no, Brad, for that. No, I appreciate no. your trashing my co-host. Yeah. So, so we're coming to you live on 104.7 FM, streaming at whupfm.org, wherever fine internets are sold. And we're telling you the untold stories of martial arts in North Carolina and beyond, to places like Peru and Russia. And today we have a special guest in studio that we're both really excited to talk to, uh, Mr. Dewan Owens. Yeah, <laughs> Dewan, known as Dirty South, also known as the Predator down in Peru. That's yes. this. The <laughs> my apologies, my apologies. <laughs> I'm going to brag on Dewan for a second. DeWan is one of the best MMA fighters North Carolina has produced. He's a veteran of the XFC, Inca Fighting Championships, Bull City Brawl locally, many, many more. He's going to be headlining the Odyssey Fights event in Richmond, Virginia, November 7th next weekend at the Greater Richmond Convention Center. That, we think, is going to be one of the last stepping stones to the big show for him. But he's also one of the most interesting guys you're going to meet in the martial arts or outside it, and we're going to talk to DeWan about his experience as a competitive chess player, as a Marine, as an art aficionado not a b-boy and more, so we're going to talk about all manner of that, and we're looking forward to that. We also might give away two tickets to DeJuan's Fight in Richmond, so be sure you're listening for the whole show. I think we're going to give those away around 10.30 for your chance to win. Uh, so, But first, we're going to summarize some martial arts news uh, from the weekend. And if we missed anything, here's how you can let us know. We're on Twitter and Instagram at WHUP. You can also shout us out using the WHUP hashtag. Get at us via email, CagesideWHUP at gmail.com, and on Facebook at Cageside Radio. All of this information is on our show page at WHUPFM.org, too. So a couple of things we're going to preview in, in terms of news. Uh, Trevor, the Nogi World Championships of Jiu-Jitsu, are going to happen this weekend in Long Beach, California. Uh, Kim Rice from Triangle Jiu-Jitsu, who won the Worlds at Blue Belt, uh, in the gi, he's mm-hmm. going to go out and try and win the worlds a purple belt nogi. Uh, Jason Mask, training partner who also happens to be married to Her
2: Kim, husband. Yes, that the the well traveled uh, husband wife couple of jujitsu. I love I love those two.
1: Yeah, those two are awesome, and we're going to have. And Mask is a four stripe blue belt, accomplished competitor in his own right. So those two are going to be competing. If you're competing at the nogi worlds and we left you out, let us know because we want to shout you out. Mask is going to call in next week and give us live updates. So if you're interested oh, in how awesome. local yeah. North Carolinian fighters are doing at the nogi worlds, give us a, uh, tune into the Concussion Cast next week. There's also a Capoeira festival, which is going to be held uh, Thursday to su- to Saturday, November fifth to November seventh. I want to talk to Dewan later about his Capoeira swag kick that he, I saw him use in one of his fights. But I'm really excited to get out and and check that out. Uh, that's in the, it's in Charlotte, North Carolina, and there's going to be a bunch of masters from Brazil, masters from all over. So hopefully, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to, to be able to talk to some of those cats. Uh, Trevor, do you have any news before I get to our big
2: news of the day? I think there were roughly. Were there eighteen UFC events held this week? I think so. Maybe I think there's something maybe like 19. that. No, I think yeah, there's something roughly eighteen or nineteen UFC events. They were all pretty undramatic, I think. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, th- this is actually no. This was a very there was no fights this weekend. I believe. Yeah. This what? is. There? I, I <laughs> the, the fact that we don't know tells Actually, us something. I really don't know because they hold fights every week. <laughs> well, there are, so two, there are two reasons,
1: Trevor, and I don't know. The first is that they've watered down a lot of the UFC cards lately, and the second is that local MMA is really where it's at, local mm-hmm. jujitsu, jitsu local martial arts. Yeah. We're going to talk to Dewan about that in about 10 minutes, but first, um, the news segment. We're waiting on Guy Pendergrass to call in, and I want to talk about Guy's event that he's going to talk to us about for a second because that's coming in uh, uh, November 7th, and that's the Rollathon for Can- Cancer Research, the Pendergrass Academy. Now, you might not know this, but the Pendergrass, Pendergrass Brothers, uh, Guy and Rob, they're twin black belts that run an academy, a Gustavo Machado academy, they train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, a bunch of other stuff at the Pendergrass Academy of Martial Probably Arts. enough,
2: you're wearing the Henzo Gracie logo. They used to sleep on zo's couch Wow train.
1: yeah yeah I love looking at old pictures of guy and Rob from those days because oh, yeah. they look so young I mean they're, they're, they still look young uh, but yeah they, the yeah they're doing really good yeah clean living at the Pendergrass Academy oh, of martial yeah. arts so so those guys do a lot of charity stuff and they used to do a, uh, a Pendergrass classic uh, jiu- Jitsu tournament in order to raise money for the George Pendergrass Foundation named after their late father uh, for leukemia research and uh, but now, because they're not doing that anymore, they're going to do a 12 hour rollathon at the Pendergrass Academy. And uh, what that is, is more or less a bunch of jiu-jitsu people show up and spar for 12 hours straight. So there's a couple different uh, exciting things about this event for me. The first is, there's a lot of seminars from local black belts that are like mini-seminars, like Seth Shamp, who we've all trained with, uh, Roy Marsh, uh, I think Jake Whitfield is teaching there as well, uh, a bunch of other black belts. We'll have, we'll have, when guy calls in, we'll have him talk about... Uh, uh, what local black belts we can expect on that car or, you know, on that uh, on th- at that event, but also you can have a bunch of people. You know, and you pay a certain amount of money to charity. I've signed up and. I may or may not. I'm gonna make this call. Uh, Maybe breaking news by the end of it. I might try to roll all 12 hours <laughs> in, oh in a row. Gosh. because gosh. You do that to yourself. Because I'm deeply insane. It's the veganism. It makes you insane. It Makes you
2: insane. We but have to get some steak
1: in you, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, about about six, I might be screaming for steak, but yeah. uh, probably not. Maybe like vegan steak, something yeah. like that. Um, tofu. Yeah, yeah vegan tofu. tofu. So uh, I tell you what. Well, what h- how about this? So while we're waiting for a guy to call in, um, let, let's. Uh, so yeah, oh the other so so uh, let me let me say a couple other things about the Pendergrass Foundation. Oh, here we are on the phone. So let me
2: hit hit the button. Right on time, guy. Right on time. Yeah, that's right up.
1: Guy. Yes. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the show. You're live on the air on the cage Side Concussion Cast. Uh, Gustavo Macabelli, an owner of Pendergrass Academy of Martial Arts, Guy Pendergrass. How are you this morning, guy?
0: Doing well? How about you
1: guys? I'm great. We're all great. You're talking to me, Jeff Shaw, Trevor Hayes, and Dewan Owens is in the studio too. So, oh sweet. So, so we wanted to I'm talk. Here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for calling in. We wanted to talk to you just for a brief minute about uh, about the Rollathon this upcoming weekend. Can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yes, sir. Um, so the Rollathon is just our uh, fundraising efforts for this year. As you guys might know, we uh, we ran tournaments for about ten years. Uh, for the George Vandergrift Foundation, and our main effort with that is to raise money for um, cancer research, and ultimately the money go is donated to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of North Carolina, the Eastern Chapter, so it kind of stays local. And so the RolaFon is just our, you know, like I said, our, our efforts to raise money this year, and uh, we're just in, you know, we're going to have a twelve-hour fund, just have guys come in and train, make a small donation, and we're going to have ten local black belt friends of ours. Uh, come in and teach a little mini seminars as part of the
1: event. Yeah, we were talking a little bit before you came on about about the black belts. Can you name some of the? I mean, I know Seth Champ's going to be there. I know uh, Roy Marsh is going to be there. What are the local black belts? Uh, are, are you excited uh, about? Okay, we got
0: other guys. We got our uh, Billy Daly. <coughs> excuse me, uh, Jason Colbrook. Okay. Uh, we've got um, uh, Jason Jetton out in uh, Wilmington that's coming down. Uh, we got Brian Miller coming in. Myself and my brother, of course, going to teach a little bit towards the end of the roll of Um... Man, it's going. Drawing a blank now. Oh, a um, good friend of mine, Frank Mullis, is coming up from Georgia. He's going to teach a little bit for us, and um, I think I think that's it. Um, Hopefully, I didn't miss anybody.
1: Oh yeah, no worries. No, we're all really excited about that. And uh, and you know, as you know, I'm I'm registered, and I'm looking forward to rolling as well. I'm sure that uh, after you teach, I'll be able to get in some roles with you. Uh, yeah. so uh, we
0: also. Um, I'm sorry. We have uh, Jake Whitfield coming up from Green uh, Yeah,
1: yep. J- yeah. Jake Whitfield. We're, we're going to talk to Dewan a little bit about training with Jake Whitfield as well. He's a guy who's well respected for his Jiu-Jitsu and for his MMA prowess as well. Um, so this is. So how many years did you all do the tournament and the uh, the, the, the tournaments that raised money for cancer research?
0: Yes. Um, it started in 2004, and they ran up until last year. And so you uh, did uh, 2014. So yeah, we did 10 years of them.
1: And do you have do you have any idea about uh, how much money that raised, or about uh, what kind? Do you have a fund or something? I think we raised
0: a little over fifty thousand.
1: Oh wow, wow! Fifty thousand dollars for cancer research—that's excellent.
0: Yeah, and it started off really. Good. The tournament started off really small. I think our first tournament that we had, uh, I think we had a grand total of about seventy competitors, mm. and that was all done manually. You know, mm-hmm. no computers, just hand-drawn brackets and volunteers. And
1: uh, how many other, so you started with 70 competitors. Uh, do you know how many uh, How many you had toward the end? Like hundreds, right?
0: For well, the foundation tournaments, you know, um, we had probably roughly 200. Oh, wow. Well. I think, you know, one of our better. Because we were doing, um, at first, when we started doing the tournament, they were just once a year uh, and they were just gi only. And then as, you know, tournaments got to be a little uh, you know, more prevalent in the area, you know, you started seeing more of the gi and mogi no gi both you know events um so then we decided to go where we did one gee event and then one no gee event you know mm-hmm. within the same year um, mm-hmm. and then we just found that the um the no gee you know divisions were a little more prevalent mm-hmm. um so then we started running them together i think in the last year or two um so you know as we did those the numbers started picking up a little bit
1: excellent and how so do, yeah. how, do you know how many people you have pre-registered for the Rolathon?
0: Uh, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm expecting, I mean, we're expecting well over 100 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not um, all those are pre-registered, but yeah, that's, you know, just, you know, through talking to people, you know, uh, with our Facebook event, with the number of people that are, you know, coming, maybe coming, you know, just based on uh, talks I've had with different people. Cool.
1: Well, for anyone that, that's yeah. just hearing this for the first time, how can people register and how can people donate?
0: Okay, it's kind of the thing. There's really no registration process. You can, you can either A, go to our Facebook event page, um, which it really doesn't have a special, um, uh, event title. Like it's, if you search for Rollerfine North Carolina, it should show up on Facebook as the event. And on that event page, there's a, I think it's called Tickets Available. Uh, if you click on that, that'll ultimately take you to PayPal. And we just set it up so that you can, you know, you can donate any, any amount. Or you can show up the day of. And um, just make a, a small donation, then. Yeah. Cool, and
1: that's how I, I registered through PayPal through that Facebook uh, event page. So we're, we're going to share that Facebook event page on the Cage Side Concussion Cast Facebook page. So anybody who's listening, go to our page and you can donate through there. Even if you can't come out and roll, uh, donate to this great cause. And like Guy said, if you uh, if you just want if you, if you don't want to pre-register, just show up with some cash, uh, donate to a great cause, and get in some great roles with your friends. Uh, Guy, any, anything we haven't asked about that you want to say about the uh, about the Rollathon?
0: Um, no, just uh, if, you're, if you're planning on coming out that day, um, just you know, just keep in mind we're expecting a lot of people to kind of minimize the amount of stuff we bring in because there's a limited amount of uh, space. Um, you know, we want to encourage everybody to come out. Uh, we are going to have um, uh, Bryce Mahoney the day of. Uh, he's going to be doing acai bowls and I think cold Press coffee. We'll have some other food on-site. Uh, Side Fight Company Tour BJJ, they're going to be donating 50 shirts that they're going to make up specific for this event. Um, so we're going to sell those, I think, for 10 bucks. That's going to go towards the foundation also. Um, so you know, thanks to Kate for sponsoring us. And um, just looking forward to the event.
1: We're all looking forward to the event. I'm, I'm not just coming for the acai bowls, but I will be coming for the acai bowls. <laughs> So, Guy, thanks so much I'm for de- taking... i the cold press. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I bet you'll need it after, after all the work you're putting in on this. Well, we oh, th- right? <laughs> uh, well thanks yeah. a lot, man, for, doing, for putting together such a great event for charity. We're really excited to, excited to learn from these black belts and excited to help uh, raise money for a great cause. So thanks for taking time on your Sunday morning to call in, Guy.
0: No no, pr- uh, no, problem, man. It was my pleasure. All right. You guys have a good day.
1: You too. Take care. All
0: right. Thanks. Bye.
2: Are listening to the Cape Side Concussion
1: Cast on 104.7 FM. All right, guys, we're back with Dewan Owens, and thanks to Guy Pendergast for calling in. Definitely go out and check that event. So, both me and Trevor are really excited to talk to Dewan about uh, about Dewan's journey in martial arts. And so, I think maybe we should get started by talking about how you got started training and fighting in the first place.
3: Well, uh, my, my the first. Um, Experience I ever had with uh, mixed martial arts My, my father rented I believe one of the old UFC's I want to say it was U- UFC 2 I believe it was a uh, a local video store, Video Etc. Mm-hmm. I think that's what yeah. it was called, yeah. Video you know, uh, The old VHS. Right, right. So, uh, you know, him and a buddy of his would, would rent these and then, you know, double tape, you know, you got two VCRs and I just couldn't, I just couldn't understand. I, I remember the first time I saw uh, Hoy's fight, yeah. he was fighting uh, Jason Deluca. Mm-hmm. Who is uh, You know I'm um, now You know I understand a uh, MMA fighter a Kung fu practitioner He ended up
2: Jason He ended up going on To have like 50 something oh, yeah, oh yeah Oh yeah He yeah yeah, yeah
3: he, he put some work in But at that point I just remember I, I was very young In the previews They, they showed A kung fu guy Doing <laughs> all these strikes And then A smaller Guy Twisting people up, yeah. so of course I'm like, "Oh my god, it's you know the kung fu dude, the kung fu dude, Is definitely gonna win. He's gonna smash this guy." So uh, that was that was my, and of course you know we, we know how that went. It always just you know broke his arm off them down there. That was um, my first time seeing MMA, and then um, after that MMA, like most people, it kind of just faded. A little bit when it went underground, got yeah. banned, things like that. I didn't get reintroduced until MMA until about 2005. I was in the Marine Corps. I was stationed on Camp Lejeune, And uh, the first season of The Ultimate Fighter came out. And um, I just remember coming home from work, chilling in the barracks with my roommate. And us uh, watching the show. And the show was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like, man, this is, this is great. And I remember thinking... Uh, you know, that, oh, I could do that, we could do that. Of course, it's, you know, it's false and profound. like, you yeah. have no clue where you're getting into, but like I could do that. So, I always told myself, uh, you know, I would start eventually. Mm-hmm. So then, um, when my contract was up, I moved to North Carolina, found, you know, started getting started getting bigger, because I didn't have those mandatory PT sessions, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, found a local gym. Yeah. That's how I started. I need to go back and find your old uh, Circle of Fury.
2: Oh like my the, goodness! The, the man, picture, the picture I you, you, saw you saw that I like think like you're rocking like some, d- some kind of like like a flak jacket or like you have some kind of like who, you man. had the most ridiculous picture for your profile for that. I website. can't imagine, man, dude. That. It was absurd. I remember just looking over it and I was like, I don't know who this guy. That was actually and, and I were there actually at your first fight and uh, it's such a small world how that stuff turns out. Mm-hmm. And then you guys are now training partners and my, my brother yeah man, it's, it's a small world
1: yeah so, so right now you're training out of the mma institute yeah primarily I'm, tra- I'm training out of the mma institute you go ahead now training out of the mma institute richmond virginia
3: and yeah. also fighting under with triangle jiu-jitsu during life. right 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 when i when i um after my pro debut uh well first all right let me tell you guys james huggable boomer is the owner operator of Uh, CEO of KSI MMA and, um, you know, Toro BJJ, Toro BJJ, Uh, Boomer's always been in my corner since the beginning. So, he, I trained at a gym, Danny Daniels Fitness Studio. And Danny is, he was a good fighter. He's a well-rounded fighter, but he was teaching what, I guess now what we would call, Anti-judicial, how to deal with judicial guys, but he had primarily come from a striking background, and he had taught a, you know, a grappling style, the Shamrock fighting system, which for that time was good. But the game, it, it, the game, the game evolves a lot, and uh, Ken, turn away from the mic, Ken Shamrock, as we know, he, he's an athlete, he's a yeah. ridiculous athlete, so some of the things may not have been the most. Technical. So, Boomer always told me, "Listen, man, come to Triangle. You got to get this jujitsu. You got to get this jujitsu." So, after my pro debut, uh, I lost a decision to uh, Jason Quast, the guy that I was supposed to fight another amateur who was also making his pro debut. An- another amateur who was also making his pro debut, Charlie Vivas. I'm just gonna, you know, ain't putting no punches. I'm gonna say his name. He <laughs> backed out on me like the week of the fight. Oh, yeah, so crazy. I wound up fighting Quast, who I, I wasn't even a blue belt, and Quast was a brown belt at the time, so lost the decision across and then Boomer said, Listen, man, you gotta, you're gotta—you're going to get serious about it. you got to come to Triangle Jiu Jitsu. Started training the Triangle Jiu Jitsu, and uh, that really took my Jiu Jitsu to the next level. And my, my outlook on fighting changed. That worked for the first half of my career. I call it like baby pro phase, because there's, there's levels to everything. A lot of people, you know, I see people, they talk about, oh, I fired. I did this and that. There's levels to the amateur MMA. You got baby amateurs, decent amateurs, good amateurs. Then you got baby pros, decent pros, mid-level pros, pros on the cusp of the UFC. UFC Debuters pros Mid-level pro Mid-level UFC guys Contenders They're the best in the world So there's so many levels That people just have I mean people really got to understand like this? People don't grasp, right? Yeah. There, there's so many
2: people that they're, they're about to have their first amateur fight and they think they're the best in the world, or, right? And they don't, they right. haven't, they're just ignorant and they haven't been out, right. yet. The, the,
3: they're not well traveled. The, the and, gap yeah. between the best in the world and just uh, oh, wow, it's
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's mind boggling, yeah, yeah.
3: right? So um, so at that point in my my uh, development, triangle was was excellent, but as I got more into it, I started understanding that. Tr- at, Triangle teaches a basic jujitsu philosophy, which is great for MMA. Uh, but at the same time, the level of MMA now, everyone's technical. Everyone's an athlete. And let's be honest, most of these guys are using, you know what I mean? They're, these guys are training full-time. They're training at high-level camps. Like, that. this is serious because there's more money in the sport. Mm-hmm. You understand? So the coaching, the gym, it's just more incentive for people to get involved to make money. They're recruiting super high-level athletes right out of college and saying, "Like, hey, you come fight for us. You, you don't don't worry about the purse. We'll put you on a stipend. We'll pay you yeah. not a crazy amount of money, but forty, fifty thousand a year to train. Yeah, you're not gonna make that.
2: You have someone like uh, Phil Davis. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, he graduated uh, college, I think, and he was already. A full-time sponsored athlete just to train, exactly, and get ready for exactly. Fights. And so you're not going to much, much money. Of change that is. Oh, it's, yeah. you're
3: not going to make much money your first couple years fighting at all. At but all. so if someone tells you I'm going to put you on a salary to train, they're basically investing in you. Rousey had had a similar situation, mm-hmm. and she wound up falling out with that man over that. But but basically, so it's it's not a game. So I had to understand that uh, using jujitsu, um, but the philosophy around fighting: get up, don't be on your back. Don't get taken down at all. If you do get taken down, get up. You are not going to submit good guys off your back. Period. The only way you're going to submit guys most of the time is if you beat them up first. Mm-hmm. And if you do submit them, you can probably beat. If you do submit them, I'll beat them up. You can beat them any way you want anyway. It's not a guy on your level. Yeah. You, so look, you look
2: at high-level submissions uh, in the UFC, the guys getting submissions off their back. It's because that person is had dead a time, tired. That's a
3: desperate takedown. That
2: down, on and top that person of person is tired. Exactly. And that person on their back is, art. here I am. Trying and and he's, a, he's a very good jujitsu
3: guy, too. So
1: so like you mentioned something about the levels of NNA, right? You have good amateurs, yeah. you know, yeah. people on the cusp and stuff like like, yeah. you have a, a win over ufc veteran just uh, dustin page mm-hmm. you have uh, several uh, you know uh, amazing fights that i've seen that i would consider dewan's biggest win right what, what do you think is your biggest win and what, what and what is your favorite fight and those might be the same fight or they might be um,
3: different my my biggest win credential wise uh, would be Dustin Page just because he was a UFC vet, six times UFC vet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people UFC vet, they didn't want the UFC. That was he, his
2: fight right out of the UFC, too. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right. So the, he was, yeah.
3: you know, I'm pretty sure he was sleeping on me just a little bit. But, uh, just a little. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was definitely ready for that. I, I was motivated. I was pumped. I was in great shape. And the incentive to to get in shape, to get in amazing shape for that fight, I, I felt like I could fight anybody Outside the UFC at 145, and, and uh and beat them. So that was that was on paper. That was a big win. But uh, as far as the most meaningful to me, it was my first uh, international fight, uh, and it was against Alexander Nogueira, mm-hmm. who is uh, an incredible grappler, one of the probably the best grappler that I've ever uh, competed against. Not probably, definitely the best. And he was probably. a high
2: level vet also
3: from the W. Yeah, exactly. From, from the, the guy. Guy. Shudo, so, Shudo so, Shudo Right. So if you're honest yeah. about skill wise. Much more dangerous than mm-hmm. Peg. Didn't necessarily have the credentials because he was a Shooto champion. He was the best in the world at at one forty two. I think that way class, one forty two, for about five years. Mm-hmm. But um, he, when the WC started, his luck. He his first fight was Jose Aldo. Yeah. So this is jo- this Is his first fight in WC? This is which was the Premier League for the smaller guys back then. Mm-hmm. It was Jose Aldo's first fight in WC. Nobody knew who Jose Aldo was. Jose blasted him. Mm-hmm. So. You know, no one was like, okay, this guy didn't look good. He's out of here. That on top of Bikino popping for uh, some... Form a P.E.D. Yeah, so they just they you see, you
2: see the guy and it's like he has to have something. That's oh he yeah, oh man his dude. his form he's
3: got like these Popeye forms yeah, he, and, and yeah. the dude is like five too. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember being at the weigh-ins and thinking like Yo, I don't care how <laughs> how skilled this guy is this dude's too small to <laughs> do something to me. So right.
1: so a lot of us back home were following your career down in Peru when you fought Pacquiao mm-hmm. and you also had and I'm gonna post I made an animated gif of a couple of your fights right right and one of the things I think you know what I'm talking about you are one of the shadiest things I've ever seen in oh an MMA goodness. fight happen to you. Right yes. and and I think Trevor knows what I'm talking about. I would like to,
3: for you to describe what happened uh, to folks. Uh, all right, I'll I'll tell you guys what happened. Oh, so it's supposed to be the five. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, I I had a, a good amount of notoriety okay. when I was in Peru. One, it, there's there's you know, be blown with it. There's no black people in Peru. Okay, <laughs> so super like right, Japan for you. Right, yeah. right. And then if there are, like, they're not. You know, you can tell when someone's American. We just have a, a, a aura of just. I don't know. We're swag. It's We're, your swag. Right. I didn't want. I didn't want to go there. But yes. You're swag and swag. Yeah, you're you know swag. what I mean. So had the the locks on drop, <laughs> the pecs on pop. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm real official out there. So uh, on top of you know speaking and winning fights and really interacting with the crowd a lot, I really like engaging with. The MMA fans. So I did a lot of promo out there, and then plus the guy that brought me out there, uh, we call him Big Boss, but his name Martin. This dude is filthy, stinky, what wealthy? I'm not even gonna say rich. Like I can't even quantify. Him. The dude is. So the fact that I'm hanging with him, they automatically think like, oh, this dude is. is you see what I'm saying? He's yeah, somebody. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So so it was a big thing So the, one of the guys That I was fighting After my I, I had a draw with Bikino The first fight I lost the second fight So the um, My third fight in Peru Was against this guy Diego Wilson Who was Probably one, He's one of the most Popular fighters in Peru I think he was like Nine and three at the time So a good fighter Solid fighter well-rounded, not great anywhere, but good everywhere and tough. Mm-hmm. He didn't like the fact that this American that didn't put any work in and Peru has come here and I'm basically more popular than him, Still in shine. So it was a lot of animosity, a lot of buildup mm-hmm. for the fight. And then uh, when I fought, particularly was fighting in Inca, well, the second promotion that I fought for is called Sparta. Mm-hmm. This is hood. or the Sparta was like, we're, we're basically in a, in a chicken coop. And they was very nice looking, but they, they do... Not chicken coop, I'm sorry. Cockfighting. Yeah, cockfighting okay. ring. They'll do yeah, cockfighting yeah. there. So while I'm at the bot like it's it's crazy, it's like a honeycomb. You're at the bottom, and then there's these big uh uh bleach like spiraling upwards. Right, I, right. I felt like I don't know if you guys saw Conan the Barbarian the first time he yeah, went into that pit. Yeah, and yeah, he's going down in there and yeah, they, they right. push that, him I in, remember seeing the video that, of you fighting. I'm like, man, I'm, so he's like, fighting you know, in a pit. I yeah. fought plenty of times, but that's the first time I was like, yo, this is this is kind of scary. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so I go down there, and they just—it's just the most venom. Just, boo! Like just like if you—I I felt like once we smash this guy, we got to get out of dice You know what I mean? Because like because it's gonna be a riot up in here. Yeah. So, uh, so he started out, and this dude took it to me like off the bat. He uh, skill-wise, I am more skilled than him, but this guy Bought the fight to me before I was ready. And that that's the we talk about a lot of mental aspects of MMA that that play a part Role. He he brought the I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, slow down. And I didn't even get a chance to, you know, he just came at me with a flying kick. Weather the storm uh, uh during the part that we that we were talking about he threw a, a punch. I blocked and countered Danny Daniels 101 selling counter, I blocked through across and across and knocked his mouthpiece out. And um, I was charged for him for, for the finish. He's got a twin brother, and uh, we're against the cage. I'm, I'm, I'm roughing him up against the cage. His brother jumps over the cage, reaches down into well, well from the replay. Now I'm gonna tell you from what really happened. I'm telling my thought process at the time. From the replay, I saw his brother was trying to get the ref's attention and trying to tell him that uh, his his mouthpiece is out. My brother's mouthpiece is out. Stop the fight. Take a second. But we know The ref doesn't stop the fight Until there's a lull in the action Mm -hmm. Period Period So whatever You know he was feeling That brotherly love Instinct whatever So he So he jumps in and I feel someone outside of the cage grabbing me Like pulling my head And I'm, and I'm thinking Am I, am, am I tripping? Is this, is this really happening? You know what I mean? So I I, I was tempted to just grab him And just snatch him oh, down man. But then I was thinking Like oh now it's two It's going to be two on one You know what I <laughs> <what laughs> mean? So he trained too yeah. <laughs> He like Jujitsu And Lucho Blackbelt. So I was like Alright I can't smash both of them at the same time So then my people that were there Because the guy Like I said The guy that was taking care of me out there He's you know Big boss He got bodyguards and stuff they grab him Snatch him down My boy Harold Who went out there with me He's getting in the guy's face I'm I'm yelling through the cage I'm, I'm gonna F you up Blah 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 I'm gonna F and kill you Like it, it was It was insane It was yeah, a darn near man. It was almost a riot Like yeah, straight up yeah. It was a riot If that would have happened In North America The dude Not only would he have been Banned from any MMA event ever He would have been he would have been thrown in jail yeah, you know what i mean yeah. like that was
1: that's assault
3: to, it, it is yeah. it is like there is a, a a mixed martial arts bout a sanctioned bout and he jumped in outside of that grab me and you know his brother could have did anything to me at the time i mean just absolutely ridiculous in retrospect it's funny i love that it happened cuz i got a video of it it's yeah, a crazy yeah, story and but and <laughs> at that time i, I it, it's like it it wasn't real lastly on on that subject in america the fight would, would have definitely been a no contest yeah mm-hmm. now i'm glad you know they did let it go on because uh i was losing around a if i think i had just turned the ties with mm-hmm. that strike but before that you know what i mean he was he was and then we wound up uh finishing him so you know another win in the record but but man that was us. <laughs> that was crazy and like two things about that. First of all,
1: if you, you know, th- uh, for those of us watching at home, it was wild to see yeah. like, That just happened. He just grabbed mm-hmm. Dewan. and uh, I so I made an animated gif of this and I uh, the name of the gif which I've just posted to our Facebook page, uh, Cage Side Radio and to our Twitter account Cage Side WHP. So if you want to see what Dewan's talking about, you can go to our social media and you can actually see this cat jump over the cage and grab Dewan and the name of this file that I created
3: is Dewan Jimmy Hart gif cuz it was like a pro wrestling <laughs> thing right? Where like <laughs> yeah, the please.
1: manager jumps in
3: and yeah. it's like, "Oh no, there, there's nothing we can Say they could do it justice. You guys have gotta gotta watch this. It's absolutely is something off a movie. Yeah, it was pretty shocking. And so now, I mean, I think so.
1: We're, we're gonna in, in about five minutes. I think we're gonna give away tickets to Dewan's upcoming fight, and we'll get your daughters on the air here at some right, point cool. too. She's, she's, she's on, it. on it now. Oh yeah, do you want do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna say hi? You wanna say
3: something now, baby? I'm scared. It's oh, okay, baby. I'm, I'm scared too. Oh, just what, what's your name? <laughs> okay. Oh, Oh, okay <laughs> are, are, we, are we
1: being a little shy today? All right, uh-huh. we're going we're, we're to try to get Duan's daughters on the air here in a second, but uh, oh, do we,
3: we have? My uh, uh, My oldest, my oldest uh, daughter, Jada, is going to talk. Say something, baby.
0: Hi, my name is Jada, and I'm in fourth grade.
3: Okay. Aw. Uh-huh. Okay, what's your favorite thing to
1: do? Dance and mix martial arts.
3: Okay, You gonna. what's Daddy going to do on Saturday when we go to Virginia? Show who's boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, my babies
1: know. I yeah. let him come to all the fights. Jada, can you do me one favor? Can you come to the mic and say something for me? Can you say you are listening to the Cage Side Concussion Cast on?
0: You are listening to the K Side
3: Concussion Cast. Oh, that was good, man. Hey, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, We're gonna say, it, baby, say you are listening to the Side Concussion Cast. This is my, my youngest name. daughter, Ari. You see many? Okay, say your name, baby.
0: Hello, my name is Ari, and I'm in first grade.
3: Okay,
1: yeah. and Ari, can, Ari, can you say you are listening to the Cage Side Concussion Cast?
0: I am listening to the K-Side Cacassian cast. Good job.
3: Uh, there you Excellent. go. Excellent. Well, well, I, I love love for anyone
2: that knows Dewan or is trained with Dewan, you know that his daughters will tag along to his training sessions. Oh. They cheer him on during sparring and rolling, and mm-hmm. it is the coolest thing to see. That that family interaction when they go to fights together, they come to training with them. It is just the coolest thing in the world. I think
1: the cuteness factor of the cage side concussion cast just uh, increased by oh, about thousand so yeah. percent. So, so before
2: we before we go to our first
1: break, I, I, which will probably be our only break, honestly, um, we're going to give away some tickets to the fight. So yeah. be ready to call in. We'll give you the number in a second. Well, let's preview this fight. November seventh, uh, Odyssey fights. You're the main event.
3: Uh, let's talk about this upcoming fight. Your opponent, your game plan, how's preparation? I've, going? I've really been uh, on this grind now where i'm trying to be the most efficient fighter possible uh anyone who knows me i i'm an an artist you know i I actually not just in the case i I love in in all forms whether it's you know traditional sense music dance and i I like i love the aesthetics of uh of martial arts every time i fight i I always want to put on the show i mean a lot of people say that but i really want to create I want to do magical stuff in the cage, you know, I, but I, obviously winning is priority. But the more skilled I am, the more exciting I can be. So, um, but at the same time, now I'm to the point where, again, mix, fi- efficiency is priority. And if you are efficient, it's going to be beautiful. So I've been lately, uh, the last two fights we won by a submission. Uh, I think uh, the last one was an arm triangle, and before that, it was a. Um, a bond flue choke so i would love to win by you know some obscure submission of peruvian necktie or calf slicer but <laughs> wherever the fight goes um... you know i'm i'm, I'm gonna dominate him my opponent is myron baker he's a decent fighter he's um... he's a he's in he's in great shape a really good size forty uh, five-er um, he uh... he's decent everywhere but not great anywhere i'm i feel like i'm better i'm, I'm better in every aspect of mma and um, as far as a heart, we just we're cut from a different cloth. Like this guy, he, like I said, he's he's okay. But I I don't I've seen him bend. I've seen him. I don't, I don't fold. I don't bend. As long as I'm coherent, I'm always gonna be fighting. Uh, I'm always gonna you know, I'm always gonna be in a fight. Um, it's November seventh. Odyssey fights We're the main event. Come check us out. It's in Richmond. Um, like you said my man Jeff is going to give out two tickets so guys come watch me put on the show come watch me represent I feel like we're just knocking on door to the big show but the thing about getting to the, the UFC has got to be consistent I've I've won three lost one I've done now it's just we strain them together yeah and, and like we'll, we'll uh, oh
1: sorry uh, and I'm really excited actually for first to talk to you in the next segment about art and how your connection like the connection art has to martial arts the mm-hmm. connection dance has to martial arts and stuff like that but before that let's give away some tickets Yeah, uh, let's give away some tickets so go watch Dewan. Folks, I'm going to ask a trivia question, uh, and you know, Dewan mentioned Toro BJJ, one of his sponsors. I designed some gear for Toro BJJ, and many of you know I made a rash guard inspired by Prince, the Purple Rain rash guard. So I thought we would ask a trivia question based on Prince. Now don't mm-hmm. don't cheat now, don't cheat y'all, don't Google, but I'm going to ask the question, then I'm going to give out the studio line, and the first person to call in with the correct answer is going to win two tickets to see Dewan put on a show November 7th. So Prince when he would write... Are you a Prince fan, Duane? Huge Prince, Prince fan. That's excellent. That's like maybe maybe Duan knows the answer to the question and just keeps the tickets. <laughs> no, I, I, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that to, to the fans. Uh, but, so Prince, when he would write for other people, he would sometimes use aliases, mm-hmm. you know? And so he wrote a song for Sheena Easton in 1984 when I was 10 years old. At, well, wow, I'm old. And he wrote a song for the song, or he wrote the song Sugar Walls by Sheena Easton. And my question for you, what was Prince's alias that he used? the writing credit on the song Sugar Walls. Call us at 919-296-1169 if you know the answer. What was Prince's alias when he wrote the song Sugar Walls for Sheena Easton? Now, I'm sure the phones are going to line up really quick. Dewan, do you know the... Oh, no, that's fine. The uh, the, the girls are uh, playing on their phones, but... Uh, uh, oh, hey, we have a caller, so we're going to put oh, somebody on... quick. Wow. We was.
0: Yeah, they had Google.
1: You're on the air in the Cage Side Concussion cast. This is Jeff. <laughs> Who am I talking with?
0: No. Hi. Hi, this is Alex. Um, from,
1: yeah, Um, I'm pretty sure the answer would be Alexander Nevermind, sorry? That is actually the answer, and shockingly, okay, so this is crazy, someone texted me the answer, I, 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 and, but Alex just got in under the under the butt. Like I'm shocked that two people knew the answer that quickly.
3: What was the time? The, the on that? The was the
1: time I, I don't. Know, we're gonna have to check the timestamp. I'm gonna go with because the instructions were to call and not to text. Just mm. so gonna have to go with Alex the caller. Mm. So Alex, uh, hang uh, 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 Alex, hang on the line. We're gonna. You've just won two tickets to see Dewan put on a show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Dewan is excited. You are excited. Uh, hold on the line. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk to you off the air. All right, buddy. Congratulations.
2: Sounds great. Is, that, is yeah. that your roommate,
1: Alex? Your yeah. Roommate? Okay, okay. Yeah, so, so congratulations to Alex of winning two tickets to see to see Dewan. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're we're really excited about this. I'm going to play a bumper for the next segment, and then we're going to get back with Dewan in 15 seconds talking about uh, MMA and its connection to the arts, martial and otherwise.
0: Jiu-Jitsu is part of the solution. Jiu-Jitsu saves lives. Veterans love Jiu-Jitsu. I love Jiu-Jitsu. Um, we, we appreciate what you do as a community.
2: Um, the, way that you, the way that you treat people, your humility, um, your compassion,
0: your respect, um, it, is, it is felt. Um, the ripples that you bring about in the veteran community that I see firsthand at Fort Bragg um, on nearly a daily basis, um, we feel that and we appreciate it. It's the
1: Caveside Concussion Cast on WHUPFM.org. We are back on the Cage Side Concussion Cast every Sunday, ten to eleven AM here uh, streaming live at WHUPFM.org. We are also available at 104.7 if you can pick up our signal here, Hillsborough. If you miss the show, or if you're just joining us for the first time and you want to hear DeWan talk about getting shadily attacked in a in a bit in Which is a crazy story and was even crazier for those of us watching live at home. If you want to check out any of that stuff, if you're just joining us, you can uh, all of these shows are archived on our website at WHUPFM.org. So you can go and download them afterwards. Should be up about five minutes after we go off the air so we got about 20 more minutes with dewan and i really want to start talking about your connection to the other institute to martial arts you're wearing the human chess shirt the human chess shirt and you were an outstanding chess player that got a scholarship to play chess and Mm -hmm. are still you know a pretty
3: highly rated player can you talk about your chess journey and whether you still play regularly yeah chess chess was my life at one point I, i was um i was very very serious about chess uh uh, to be a hundred percent honest about it. Once I once I realized that I couldn't compete at the highest level, of the chess, then I just wasn't interested. I, I kind of got, got burned out. I didn't start playing chess until I was uh, in middle school. I think I I think I was in ISS one day in school suspension and and there was a substitute. Like, well, of course we had we had one person who was just the the ISS guy. He was gone. Sub came in, and uh, she was like, well, you know what, you guys, you can't talk, you can't do this, but you're allowed to play chess. So I think I had ISS for like three days in a row. So as with, you know, middle school boys, no matter what it is, it's going to be competitive. Right. So before that, chess was just something that nerds did (laughs) to to me. Because, you know, I'm still a kid trying to fit into that stereotypical box of what you know, defines masculinity, so right. I'm just, you know, so, um, but I got smashed by this kid the first day, and I, it, re- it really frustrated me, it really frustrated me, because I beat everyone else. one kid smashed me, so I went to a library that night, and I looked up, uh, I was trying to look up Bobby Fish, he's only got by I heard of, they play chess, found a book about a, another master who, you know, was amazing, Paul Morphy, read the book, it, it motivated me, then I found another book about chess puzzles, I learned like two Basic, very basic. At this point, I understand chess traps. So I use those chess traps, smash the kid in a few moves, and after that, I, that 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 began my interest in chess. Yeah. Over time, it just grew and grew. I actually had a, a scholarship to Duke for chess, but the problem with that was it was only for two semesters. Ah, oh, yeah, was yeah that a, was my question because yeah, I remember was, hearing about that. You, you had the scholarship, but in that, then you the, the, the Yeah, the chess isn't there. a big. So, it is, You know, it's not. It's not basketball. It's not. It's not a lot of money. And so only for two semesters. So I didn't want to put uh, my family went through that to, oh gosh, to, that to feel not only the guilt but to feel like we need to create some way where you can keep doing this. So uh, I actually graduated high school when I was 16. So uh, two months after, three months after my uh, 17th birthday, I went into the delayed entry program in the in the Marine Corps. My mom had to actually sign for me to uh, go into the Marine Corps because I was that young. So I played. Um, I was going to trial for the uh, the camp the uh, Marine Corps chess team but I had Marine not been Corps in long. Chess team. They, they do wow. have a chess team they do have a chess team That's awesome. but I had not been uh, enlisted long enough I think at that point I think you had to be in two years or something like that or maybe you had to be a sergeant or corporal, I don't remember what the stipulation was, but some reason I didn't try out there, but they had tournaments on base, so I won every tournament I entered, the best tournament that I had, I was was, uh, on what we call a mutant, which is a a military expeditionary unit, Mm -hmm. where you're on a navy ship, and the ship is so big, we could be on a ship right now. Like the ship is so big, you don't even know you're on the water. It's in, insane. It's a uh, carrier. It's like a moving island. Yeah, they're they're insane to be on. You don't even know where you're at. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. my my fondest test memory was uh you know they had a tournament and it was it was ship wide. So it was officers or enlisted. So the that one of the good the best uh, test players on the team on the uh, on the ship was a uh, uh, was a. Uh, uh, was a rear admiral you know He was an officer navy mm-hmm. navy officer high ranking yeah so so after all these brackets and stuff it came down to us so it was kind of like enlisted versus officer so all enlisted dudes, like you guys understand a lot of you know it's i don't know i would say animosity right. toward like enlisted because it's like these guys are you know these i don't know if anyone knows how the military works but you, you go to school you get your degree then you you become becoming in as an officer if you go in the military you're in a totally different ranking bracket and sometimes it can be pretty frustrating when you got someone in their early 30s late 20s I was just jealous of the officers club when over. I was in that was oh yeah <laughs> that, I was just jealous about that I yeah, mean, they, 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 you that what are you talking they about about definitely living yeah. two totally different yeah, experiences yeah. so um and it's not based off who's more fitting in the job than telling this thing like that but let's be honest a lot of times when it comes to further education opportunities and you know things going on in your life it deter you know a lot of us from you. a lot of people joining the military, especially in a lot meaning all, mm-hmm. are from poor middle class backgrounds. You right. see what I'm saying? We're yeah. just trying to get out and do something, trying to be something. You know, not every officer but a lot. You know, they, you know, kinda come from the upper, med- upper right, cut, right. Right, the upper, right, right. Yeah. So that that carries over. You got a guy in his in his, in his late twenties who's technically a higher rank than someone in their forties. That kinda so anyway, not, not to go too much into that, but basically Uh it was enlisted versus officer and I was the you know, champion of enlisted so everyone was rooting for me. Long story short, we wound up smashing them and I was the man. I got I got everything for free for the rest of the three months that I that I was on the floor. So that was that was good. But uh um after I got out the military and I realized I wasn't gonna compete, be able to compete at the highest level of chess because Resources, you need money, you need tutors, you need to travel, you need to compete consistently to get what we call a norm. They have I am norm, international norm, master norm, and grandmaster norm. You have to compete frequently and be high-level guys to keep your ranks. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of everything. Mm-hmm. And I had a, you know, my oldest, my young daughter at the time, I had just got married. So it was just, it really wasn't, uh, wasn't feasible. But I still love chess. And if you or you know anybody who thinks they can see me at chess, I'm not gonna gamble with you. I don't, it's not fair, but I will. Yeah, I love don't to don't smash you online. Yeah, don't
1: take that person, gamble. So. Don't what, do it. One of my favorite things that the stories that you told me is not just you playing chess with Jake Quitfield, but you playing online just to blow off steam. And a mm. guy starts talking smack to oh you about like, God. "Well, I'm gonna
3: find you and like." Mm. And like mm. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah. some clowns, man. Jake, we used to play on uh, a website called Pogo all the time. Yeah, there's definitely some characters online, yeah. man. Well, let's talk about b-boying for a second. Oh like, yes. So when yes. did you, when did you get started dancing? What inspired you all about right. that? All right, let me quick 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 background to try to keep this super quick guys hip-hop is my life i love hip-hop hip-hop when it comes to anybody interacts with me on facebook i really try to keep it strictly martial arts i don't go i try not to go into religion politics uh a lot of things outside of mma the only reason i'm even on social media is for to promote mma but hip-hop is my life i love hip-hop One aspect of hip hop, one element of hip hop is b-boying. You got graffiti, you've got emceeing, which what people call rapping, and you've got uh, you've got um, b-boying and and djing. B-boying is the dancing element of hip hop. It is one of the. It is the only true original dance element of hip hop. A lot of things that we see on the radio here on the radio. See now, this guys this this is not real hip hop. It is a Bastardized version, I'm, if you can't say it, I'm sorry about that Bastardized version of hip hop is corporate Sponsored, it's not, it's, it's garbage That is not hip hop's original Intent uh, But anyway uh, yeah. So b boy I, I always had a love for, for B-boying, the first time I saw it I think I saw someone doing windmills Which everyone's seen windmills even if you don't know the name of it That's when the guy is, is spinning around In circles like he's propelling First time I saw that I was just like this is incredible This is amazing, it was on a movie called B-Sheet uh, when I got older, I actually met some b-boys, learned it, took it, took it in, embraced it. And b-boying was also my life at one point. Like I was very serious about dancing. If I'm in shape and I'm not tired after a fight, sometimes I'll get out there and do a little spin around. Yeah, my, that's your sick That's become your yeah. signature. Thing yeah, my, my fight, wife, wife yeah. knew me when I was serious about breaking, so she always tell me I look like an old man trying to break. You do it in we, between rounds at sparring. Like, yeah, I, the, the people that don't know you, like
2: we bring like the, the young guys into sparring on Sundays. Yeah, and yeah. they'll see you dancing between rounds. Let's go. What's w- happening what doing now? But yeah,
3: I I love it, man. That'll never that'll never leave me. But the the level that guys are breaking at these days, man. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. I saw someone on YouTube on the YouTube day, I was like, I'm glad I'm out the game,
1: man. <laughs> so I've heard a rumor about this. That I don't know if it's true. And is it true that you know some of the 10th Planet guys from? Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Jim okay. Martinez and those yeah, guys. Yeah.
3: Okay. Crazy. I just competed against this guy uh, Marcel, who you know wound up being a wonderful dude, man. Good yeah, dude. yeah, Marcel's a great guy. Marcel, and um, uh, and there was a some guys he know. He knows. Uh, We were from this B-boy crew called Freak Show And these are some These these were some super high level B-boys Like these guys were Serious Beast Amazing So for some Somehow Marcel and I started Talking about B-boy And he's like Oh yeah You know I know a guy that used to uh, be boy, yeah, Boogie Man, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, Boogie Man, hold on, oh, Boogie Man and Cali. And I'm like, he does jiu jitsu? I'm thinking he's just some random guy playing a little bit. He's like, yeah, man, that fool with a black belt. I'm like, what? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he got a black belt three years. So then I found out the majority of the crew, uh, you know, are super high level jiu jitsu guys. And their style, everyone has different styles. My style was more of a, uh, explosive, funk based. High emphasis on dancing and freeze combinations. These guys were super flexible guys. Like they do st- some stuff that you wouldn't think is humanly possible. I'm, I'm talking that do just jujitsu. Insane. Which I can only imagine how that translates to their jujitsu, especially with that tenth planet style. You know what I mean? Yeah. One thing I will tell you, and I have never seen these guys roll, but one thing I'll tell you about these guys, it, they're serious competitors, they're serious athletes, and they, they as serious as they were taking breaking, and they're taking just serious like that, I'm, I'm sure guys better, better watch out, but yeah, dope cool, dope dudes, can't wait to get out there and meet them, I'm actually going to see them in Cali next year. Because I've got a, a buddy who runs a program over there, Hip Hop Chess Federation. Yeah. So once Marcel talks to me about that, I will go out there and check those guys out. For that's right fantastic. I, I love it when
1: two sort of uh, passions of mine fold in on themselves. Yes. And it's super.
3: I mean, that's why I thought it
1: was such a strange coincidence. Yes. That, like, you knew these guys from this passionate mm-hmm. part of your life mm-hmm. and this
3: entirely other part of your life. Suddenly, it comes back to you. And then to find out that they're competing at a high level mm-hmm. at that too, it was just, you know, it was insane. Yeah. So, what, what
1: what kind of connections can you draw between dance and the martial arts? Like, how did it inform your style? um
3: Like I, it, I said, it, it all it all goes back to to art. You know, even even with dancing. You know what I mean? Dancing is one of the oldest form. I mean, like, dancing is an expression of music. Like, a lot of times, there's some styles where things have to be structured this way, as with fighting, as with anything else. There are fundamentals to everything. And there's some things you have to stick to if you're going to say this is the art or this is what I'm doing. But the uh, freedom of being able to create and manifest and using your body fat, it's just amazing. Like It's a very human thing, man. So, uh, again, it's all art to me it's all art to me i need to you know learn wrestling and jujitsu and striking to defend myself to be able to paint the pictures that i want to paint you know what i mean but but it's it's all it's all art and you know once you really love something there's beauty in it i don't see beauty in something like uh you know i don't know open heart surgery or something like that but i don't know anything about it you Mm -hmm. see what i'm saying if you get some some students at some you know academy and they they're they're watching uh ben carson do some kind of you know, scalpel incision or something. They're like, oh my god, did you you see the way he you know <laughs> he sliced at the angle? The, yeah. the capillary just broke totally. you know, like, I, to me it's like that, disgusting. But to them, there's art in that. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I know, of yeah. course, I'm, I'm you know I'm exactly. And, right. and they would feel the same way if
2: they walked in like they, if they watched the Toro cut, they'd be like, this what is, the is that? Yeah. yeah, two guys what? laying down each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's not in the Bible. Exactly. Not, I'm not gonna like exactly. yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know about that, guys.
3: <laughs> exactly. So same same with even martial arts, wrestling, every you know I'm just now I'm just getting more into the wrestling I'm actually starting to have a love for wrestling but before that I didn't see I didn't see the beauty in it you know what I'm saying but now there's beauty in the transitions. so once you know something and understand it you can you find the beauty in it and it's just like I said it's all art man it's all it's all art yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense to me. An- another
1: connection that I have sort of drawn that I would like to get your thoughts on is, I know some of the things you do require strategic thinking. right? Mm-hmm, like chess requires mm-hmm. advanced strategic mm-hmm. thinking. And I'm wondering, we had a question on Facebook about what happens to you when you get into a fight. Does adrenaline take over or do you have a thought process take over? I'm interested in how you see that play out
3: across your, your passion. Yeah, I want people to understand, well, okay, one, there's, like we said, there's, there's levels to everything. So when I was an amateur, you know, I, it, I was, it was terror before. Uh, in my fights Now There's a nervous sense of energy But I'm so I'm so It's literally like Another day in the office I know there's absolutely Nothing in the world This guy can do to me That I've never seen I've trained With better people In every In MMA Than the person That I'm fighting Regardless Even when I get to UFC The level we're fighting on There's someone Who I've trained with Who's judicious better Someone who I trained with Who's striking better Someone who I trained Who's wrestling better So But but on, on a human level There's this basic Flight or fight Instinct, and even someone who doesn't know anything, majority of the time that's gonna kick in. But because we train so much, that instinct is always gonna be to fight, and it's gonna be to when things get hard to fight harder. You see what I'm saying? That muscle memory kicks in, but naturally one of those is gonna take over because your body only wants to survive. It doesn't care about anything else, surviving. Right. So you know, if you train your body the way we train consistently, your body will say, okay, if I the more skill I show. The 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 better I react to this, the more likelihood I'm going to survive. Yeah. So that that definitely kicks in. The adrenaline takes over. You know, actually, you know. So this is a perfect segue because talking about the
1: body's response, the fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a story about that, and like so. Duan, when we end the show, as you know, we usually do something called the parting shot, where me okay. and Trevor tell offbeat stories. And uh, I have one. Usually, I finish the show with it, but I'm going to tell my parting shot today, and then maybe you can tell us yeah, yeah, yeah. a funny story from one of your fights for your, for your parting shot. So my parting shot, in the parting shot, for those of your first time listeners, we bring you our favorite quick stories about the local martial arts experience, all the stuff that makes up the experience of martial artists. And so mine it for the and. You'll We'll see why this is appropriate in a second. So I recently happened upon footage of my first ever jiu-jitsu match, which was a no-gi match at the NC State Championships five years ago. I've written about this on my blog. If people want me to, maybe I'll post the video. And I've only been training for about six weeks. So instead of being the tiny but ripped vegan you see before you, I was <laughs> a, a, I was a portly, crispy cream-eating but enthusiastic sort of new grappler. And my opponent was one Braxton Bell, who was uh, even portlier. Sorry, Braxton. <laughs> <laughs> no this is one of the worst matches of all time. I mean, it's it's an it's an embarrassment to look back and see like wow, it's like, is so. Why am I talking about one of the worst matches of all time? You might ask. Because well one one reason is the one DeJuan just talked about, where the adrenaline response came over. Because I had this whole game plan where I'd shoot in for a single leg, I'd take him down, pass his guard, mount him, take his back, and choke. But no plan survives engagement with the enemy, and no plan survives gassing out thirty seconds into the match, which right. is what happened when the adrenaline dump happens. So. In those glorious first 30 seconds, everything goes right. I shoot on him, I take him down, I end up on top in his guard, and then I'm like, all right, let's pass. And then I realize I'm wheezing like a man who's smoked for about 60 years and then tries tooth and throat singing or something like that. So Braxton notices this, decides to take advantage, but he's just as tired as I am, and he ineffectually tries to hip-bump me about five times. I drive him back down. And I'm giving him my arms, but he doesn't know how to arm bar me. Mm-hmm. It's like watching an arthritic gibbon fight a drunk trout. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> right. So so why am I bringing up this match? Except to embarrass myself for your amusement, which I always do. Because in Braxton's corner coaching him was one Drew Culbreth, who has now won the World Championships of Jiu-Jitsu eight times, one of the most accomplished Jiu-Jitsu competitors in North Carolina. He's coaching Braxton. And in my corner, it's one of the best MMA fighters that North Carolina has ever produced. Mr. Dewan Owens. <laughs> two of the best guys coaching two of at that time the, the worst, worst guys. guys. And you can, I don't know if you remember this, Dewan. But I
3: think I do remember, you do you remember that
1: what was that? Greensboro? It was Greensboro. I do remember that match. Yeah, yeah. And you remember like basically Dewan at first is giving me really uh, good technical advice, and then about two minutes in he just gets frustrated and is like just drive him back down. <laughs> and like, and <laughs> it's like four minutes of Braxton trying to <laughs> I don't hit want me say just. No, You didn't say just. That but like weird. you did repeat drive him back down because you figured, well, that's probably the only thing this guy is gonna is gonna respond. Uh, he's gonna respond It's like you know, I could give you intricate technical, you know, details and stuff, but you know, I just drive the guy back down. That's important. Yeah, communicating with the guy, just going. No, for sure, for sure. So we got about five minutes left, and in that time, do you have a parting shot for us? Want a
2: favorite fight story of yours? Favorite fight story? Anything weird that happened in the gym? Something funny that sticks ooh. out like experiences and stuff like
3: that ooh let me think let me think okay well one we, we went over the craziest that was that was the i'll tell you about a fight that was uh all right, all right this this is this is an interesting fight this is an interesting fight i had a fight yeah. in um camp Bajun, well right outside of camp June this year and uh i was i was coming off of that loss in january mm-hmm. and this was a late notice fight um I, I was I wasn't in I wasn't in great shape but you know I wanted to th- no matter how bad a loss is, once you win, it's like for that moment everything in life is right. Everything mm-hmm. in life is right. Yeah, I wanted to win and I, I knew I could make the way that was at fifty five. So I went there and uh this is my first time being back, you know, around base right. so long. So when this guy said like, Oh, you know, uh coming out of Camp Lejeune, Devon Owens and and just the eruption from the crowd you know what i mean it, it, it felt so good man i can't i can't explain how, how how good it felt man but i had a little personal vendetta over this guy because i i missed weight by like 0.3 pounds okay. i did wind up getting it off but something about the kid's demeanor he looked at me he didn't even look at me i'm sorry he looked at the commissioner and he's like nah. he gotta cut that yeah that fool gotta cut that <laughs> and then he walks off and i remember thinking this little so so i so i told myself before the fight you know what I get him on his neck, I'm gonna hold his choke. I'm gonna hold I'm going hold it for an extra extra two seconds. Nothing crazy. But then, you know, during the fight, I wound up Vaughn flew and, him and and you know, I I let him go. You know, I let him oh. go. And uh, you know, it just really had me thinking about, you know, how our nature, like our nature, it naturally kicks in when when it, when the time is right to do, you know, whatever you wanna do. And um this is that's what I was what I think about it as. Whenever it comes to anything that we're doing, as long as you're being the best person that you can be, striving, doing what you could do, every, everything is going to be good, man. And also, real quick, Father, uh, platforms. You know, I really want to use MMA and get to where I want to be to use it as a platform to fight for and empower everything that I want to do. So guys, anything that you're doing, the same way uh, we talked about Rob and, and, and Guy using this platform to create this money for research or Boomer recently with the uh, Toro Cup getting the money to mission twenty two. That's one thing I love about the scene. But everybody in general, any way you can help anyone who's not a listening in, use your platform to help, use your skills to help because that that's what we should all strive to be doing, period. It, it does not there is literally nothing else in the world more important than that.
1: Right. And that is The perfect parting shot Dewan Owens is uh, yep, DeJuan thank you so much For coming in This yep. was awesome One of my favorite guys We're going to promo the fight One, oh, of, I yeah. shout out real quick
3: Absolutely Two minute shout out Okay Big fat shout out To K Side MMA uh, Check them out for all your uh, MMA gear and apparel Shout out to Toro BJJ Big fat shout out To Triangle Jiu Jitsu This is the best Jiu Jitsu school In the area Seth Shamp Jake Whitfield um, Obviously my man James Huggabone Boomer Shout out to Hip Hop Chess Federation Shout out to MMA Institute They helped me get my wrestling type, my overall MMA type, shout out to everyone in my life striving and grinding with me and just, you know, let's just try to, you know, keep striving to be the best humans that we could be. It's good. Words to live by from Duano and Trevor. Dude, uh, you, I
2: feel like we could have you back on here because there's just so much
1: time, there's there's so, so much, much I didn't cover.
2: There's, I, I keep okay. thinking all these times we've worked out together. I'm like, man, there's so much. Well,
3: I tell you, what, how about this? You go get that W in Richmond. We'll go watch and we'll have you on to celebrate the win. There it is. There I got to go. talk about Triangle too because I, I did not jump back in there and talk about all the good. I talked yeah. about yeah. some other. We, so yeah, yeah awesome. We,
1: we would, I think, we would love to have you back. And I think after after listening, I think pretty much all the listeners would love to have Duano back on. I'm
2: just sitting back listening. I'm like, man, I. Forget just how much
3: I, I chopped off a whole time. lot. I'm chopping <laughs> <it> off so, <laughs> so
1: much. much. My yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff's giving me the look, guys. Look at the clock.
3: We got to go. We love. You.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we love you all. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, check it. if if you missed part of the show, it'll be on at whupfm.org in just about five minutes after the show goes off the air. I want to thank Dewan Owens. Dewan is fighting November seventh. <laughs> yeah. The main event: Odyssey fights Richmond virginia Put on a show. Go get your tickets. Go get your tickets, and uh, we'll have Dewan back on after he after he puts on a show. And for the win, want to say goodbye, Trevor.
2: I was in here today, it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> I Halloween
1: mean one last but, but night, we right? We gave the people what they wanted, yeah. which is more Duan Owens. Yeah. Thanks again to Dewan Owens for coming in. Thanks to Guy Pendergrass for calling in. Thanks to you for listening, everyone, and we're going to let Tune and The Real Law play us out.
3: 104.7 FM WHUP LP Hillsborough.